Hello, this is Gary, and you're listening to Thinking Out Loud. Today's podcast, recorded Sunday, February 5th? 6th. February 6th, 2022. I'm up in the wee hours on a Sunday. Oh, pondering the usual things. Mind kind of races to different thoughts and different scenarios, a sequence of events that could happen if you know certain pathways continue to be followed, you know, collectively or by at least by a large group. This sort of strange yearning for fear and tension. Why do so many people crave such things? It's odd. Why not crave peace and understanding? What's so funny about love, peace, love, and understanding? Elvis Costello. Thank you. It's a weird world. It's a weird thing that, uh, the power of well, messaging, words, marketing. Something I realized when I was graduating college is that it's not so much money being the root of all evil. It's the it, it, it's the enticement. It's the uh, allure. It's the it's the waving it in front of you. The 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 ooh, you, if you if you really go after it you can you could get this and this it's what you can get with the money and stuff and, and marketing that's the root of all evil it's the enticement it's the sort of luring you into a certain pathway making you believe that said pathway is going to make you feel real good like all the time or at least a good portion of the time simply because you're grinding away and you have a bunch of stuff I don't know. Something off about it. There's something off about the message that's been sort of broadcast as like the way. And it's been broadcast for quite a while and it's pretty mainstream. You know. Sort of uh overindulgence and the sort of you know advocating for it, you know. The Dow Jones went up, however much. Great. Yeah, great for the people that own those companies. They have more money now. If you don't own those companies, you don't get shit. It has no effect on you. Like, why would it be... Why would it be like totally off or or impossible to have like a more seasonal economy? So like when the weather kind of gets more bad, and especially in certain areas, you know, there, there's allowing of and an an expectance of a sort of slowing down and easing up, a sort of you know tightening up the hatches type stuff sort of getting ready to grind through the winter type of thing 
Um, you know, you still have an economy, but it, it's it, it simmers down a bit. You gotta you gotta hunker down a bit. But in some some areas, they 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 try to maintain the same blustery pace, and uh, causes a lot of problems because you have just as much just as many people on the roads that are like iced over and the conditions are bad and they're all still just trying to get to work because if they don't they can't pay the rent and you don't you don't want to become homeless in the middle of winter so that we got to find a way to kind of offset that and it, and it seems pretty obvious that there's massive pools of money that a small concentration of people are hoarding that if we just kind of poked at it a little bit you know, it's it's like big balloons of money that you just get a little needle and just kind of poke a little hole, so it just starts, and then maybe a, a few other holes too. So it kind of drains kind of quickly, but not fully. You'll still have wealthy people. They'll still there's still going to be people that have, you know, plenty of plenty of wealth, more than any one person could ever truly need. Um, but you just poke a few holes in some of that ballooning wealth that's way, way, way up the top, and then you start supporting some real foundational type stuff. Real foundational type stuff. Foundational type stuff. Foundational. Foundational. Do you think I say that word many, many times for a reason? Yeah, because what's the, what's the word that's said in the news a lot? What's the phrase they use? Safety net. Fuck you fucking safety net. No. Working class people have to build themselves up. They don't start aloft and then fall down and need a safety net. No, they're they're building themselves up, you know, from the bottom and various sort of, you know, micro layers on the bottom and then way, way up at the top, skyscraper top, you know, you, you got the uber affluent, you know, billionaires, thousands of millions in wealth. They refer to it as a safety net because that's that's their perception of it because it's so far down for them. If they fell from atop their position and fell all the way down to where we are, yeah, they would need a safety net to 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 catch them to, when they fall, you know, because they'd be falling from so high up. Uh, we're not falling from high up. We don't need a safety net. We need a foundation to build off of. And many of us are you know grinding through in the mud trying to find a spot that's uh sturdy enough to, to you know at least put in some concrete or something you know trying to and lay in the foundation herself of course we have to uh pay rent to the place that we're laying the foundation on so it's not ours we're really just building the foundation for the wealthy people making their place look nicer I found a little niche in the economy, which is not too bad. I get to pretend like I am a wealthy person in a certain respect. I get to live in a very fancy house on the beach, but I don't own it, and I have to work pretty hard to maintain it. But it gives a little bit of a slice, a little bit of a taste. I don't know. I don't think it's all that great. I don't really think it's something that we should, must aspire to be a millionaire or a billionaire i don't know i've stayed at some pretty fancy places and they were pretty fancy pretty neat i guess as far as living there all the time i don't know
We just got to find a better way. What those, uh, <clears throat> what those billionaires do with the money is, well, they have billions. They have massive ownership stakes in highly profitable companies. And those companies continue to earn a profit. And they continue to receive a large portion of the benefit. And then they use that money to maintain a very affluent lifestyle and to continue to gain an even greater market share of whatever particular sector of the economy they have a particular level of expertise in. And that, that's it. Um, and then because they already have so much wealth, they basically are the only ones that are basically allowed to gain an even greater control of that particular sector of the economy that they have a certain level of expertise in. And our society just sort of allows it, while hospitals are not a right, nor is education. And, and you know, foundational type stuff is referred to as safety net by elitist people who vote for tax cuts for the wealthy in corporations. Because that's what it would be to ultra-affluent people who would start their lives aloft in a certain very lofty position. You know, if they were to fall for some reason, they would need a safety net. But for people who are born into the working class, there is no lofty position to fall from. You got to you got to start grinding right away. Build your own foundation if you can find a spot. That's the other thing. Where are you allowed to build your foundation? Are you allowed to build it anywhere? You're not allowed to build it anywhere, but I mean, are there certain like whole regions where maybe just just because of the, what you look like, you, you won't be allowed to to build a foundation, you know, to to set up roots or something to start building upward. I mean, that kind of stuff is still going on in this country, you know, and there's uh, people in power that uh, are still pursuing such things. You know, the previous president of the United States, in order to get elected, he promised the building of a wall in the middle of the desert that would separate the United States from Mexico, because the actual border is, you know, a desert. You know, it's just a big, vast area, and, and sort of... You know, the, the two countries agreed to sort of have a line in the in the desert, a, a line in the sand, almost literally, really. And, you know, it's in the middle of nowhere. So it's sort of agreed that it's kind of, the whole area is kind of a, really should be viewed as almost like a neutral zone. It's, it's a desert. No one owns the desert. Um, you know, I don't know. It's... But it was uh, it was able to capitalize on people's fears. It was a huge primary promise of, of that campaign, and that's why many many people voted for him, because he was going to promise the building of a wall. Yeah. And then it was in March of 2017, just a couple months in. Republicans had a big celebration because they had signed a tax bill into law that was going to lower the tax rate for wealthy people and corporations.
Paul Ryan, the Speaker of the House at the time, called it the crowning achievement of his career. Donald Trump was gleeful signing that one into law, and was again. There's a video of it and everything. You know, they were very, very proud of it. Very proud. Yeah, they had lowered the tax rate for wealthy people. Millionaires and billionaires were going to pay less in taxes. Big, massive corporations who pay some of their employees minimum wage, thousands of their employees minimum wage, and pay their CEOs millions of dollars a year, those corporations were going to have a lower tax rate. That tax bill was signed in 2017 by a man whose primary campaign platform was building a wall in the middle of the desert between the United States and Mexico. Sometimes when you just state the sheer facts of what have happened over the last four years, it's mind-numbing, you know. Um, you know, there's a certain frustration with living in this country. Um, because the sort of inundation with sort of bad characters that we just get uh, inundated with. And they, they sort of become excused and uh, allowable. And then to the point where people aspire to be them. You know, how Donald Trump ever became a person to aspire to be by so many is uh you know it's going to be one for the historians and future generations for sure you know how did it come to be what what was the long windy tale that led to millions of people thinking that Donald John Trump of all the people in this country was going to be the one to make their lives better how would one possibly come to that how much has to go in a particular way to lead to a circumstance where 71 million people, after that particular individual is impeached twice, twice, <laughs> because he abused his power. The organization that nominated him and both times he was impeached voted no to fire him from his job, did acknowledge that he abused his power, but refused to fire him instead gave him a promotion you know it says a lot about that organizational's that organization's you know code of ethics this man abused his power let's give him a promotion huh interesting that's a hmm. you know what what do they care about you know but you know the people had <laughs> the people had the final say um and thankfully you know it, the number of people that voted for Trump was still significantly less than the person who won Joe Biden plus other candidates received votes as well you know you know i think it was a single digit million but um you know so most of the country did not vote for Donald Trump, thankfully. That, that would have been pretty scary 
you know. Um, what would he do with a second term? Hi. <laughs> you know, Stephen Miller's his senior advisor. Stephen Miller. Yikes. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> that guy's not a good guy. That that guy. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, just kind of makes my skin curl just thinking about that guy. He he is not a not a good human being. Um, Google him if you want to see interviews with him, but I, I highly recommend maybe keeping the volume a little down when it's his, his turn to speak, because um, you don't, you don't want to listen to too much of that. It, it, oof, nasty stuff. Um, yeah, but that's that's the kind of his kind of proposals. It, it would be what the what the first term was, but just with more grievance more uh, animosity towards others who are others i'm another anyone really could, would eventually be another anyone who opposes him in any way uh it would not be democracy um by definition you know because the only way he would get a second term is some silliness with the electoral college still being allowed to continue even if he you know, just gets just even annihilated even more badly in the uh, popular vote. He did lose the popular vote in 2020 by 7 million. So he's like, well, there was a few thousand false votes here and there. Who gives a fuck? You know, we got to get rid of the Electoral College because that, that's the only reason he, this is stupid silliness even sort of kind of was allowed to linger. You know, um, it was all bullshit, all of it. All those lawsuits he filed were dismissed. What are people wanting? You know, the, this... It, it, the, the Trump thing has got to go, you know, and news has got to start covering... Well, just start covering the Libertarian Party instead. That, that'll that be the conservative option now. Here you go, news. That's what you can do. Just stop talking about the Republicans because they no longer give a fuck. And it's like they're... It... <laughs> It's like they're, that's it, you know. There's Adam Kinzinger, he cares, he's honest. Liz Cheney, and she was, she's a hardcore Republican. Um, but now they're being censured by the Republican Party because they're being honest. Uh-oh. So, come on, news. <laughs> Start talking about the Libertarians then or something. You know, there's there's midterms coming up. You can't just keep talking about the Republicans when it's just now a, basically a fact that they don't care. <laughs> yeah, there's millions of people that still think that Trump is awesome. So what? Like, if they want to hear about him, they can go. Just Fox News will be the place that talks about Trump. And news can start bringing up more relevant political organizations that represent the interests of the people. Because the Republican Party, as an organization currently does not do that and they are making no attempts to even really to even like try to pretend like they do like they they started sliding over so slowly but then quickly that i don't even think they realized how absurd they are now it's ridiculous and they lean into it with a big smile on their face mitch mcconnell senate minority leader possibly soon again Senate Majority Leader, 
that the news just continues to talk only about the Republican Party as the conservative option. Mitch McConnell was asked a point-blank question by a journalist. What do you plan to do if and when you get your power? That's a straightforward question. He has a real live job to do, but it's just a game to him. So his answer was, I'll tell you when we get there. Or something to that effect. He'll let you know with a wink and a, and a sinister little smile. He knows it's all a game. Most people know it's a game, but God bless him, there's millions of people that think he's an honest, righteous guy, and they keep voting for him. So there you go, you know. And again, it's it's on TV. You can YouTube it and all that. You, got, you might have to turn off the mass Singer, though. Fuck. Or whatever stupid reality show you're watching. Fuck. Country is slowly sliding into fucking fascism, and people are watching bullshit. Just fucking bullshit. You know? Nonsense. I wanted to be distracted. You can be distracted all you want when we are a truly democratic society, but we got to get our shit together right now. You know? Like, come on now. You know? The, the, the Trump thing has gone on long enough, and the Republican Party has decided to stick with him. He's under criminal indictment now. He has to face consequences. He cannot be the president in 2024. I know that's going to hurt his feelings, and he's going to say all kinds of negative things about it and, and have a big temper tantrum because he can't be president. He's got more serious shit to deal with. He has to face consequences for his actions. He's never faced consequences for his actions. He was always rewarded for bad behavior, and he needs to face consequences for once in his life. very annoying when a 70-something-year-old man just doesn't, like, and, but, but it's, you know, at the same time, he was, he's always been rewarded for being bad, for doing the wrong thing. He got fame, you know? He bankrupted his sixth company in the late 90s and then disappeared for a while. I, was, I had just graduated high school. My 20-year reunion was... Four years ago, <laughs> you know. But in the early 2000s, the producer of a game show wanted Donald Trump to be the host. Donald Trump had nothing going on at the time. Nothing. He was a has-been. He was a has-been D-list celebrity. But he became the host of a game show. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's just so many people just numb and just uh, have been lulled into believing there's no possible way for it to be even slightly better. So they're embracing something that's clearly and obviously worse just for some chance to blow it all up truly or something. I don't know. What, what is the appeal of Trump? What are you trying to achieve? Like, why are you trying to end democracy? You know? That's what it's about. That's what Trump represents. A government of Trump, by Trump, for Trump. It's where the Trump organization and the Trump-run government are basically one and the same.
taxes are paid. Taxes are paid to use to fund various Trump business operations. <laughs> and it's all done fully out in the open, in full plain view. Records to boot. Oh, my God. So annoying. People got to get their head out of their ass, you know? It's just, it, there's got to be a way to call it more plainly. And I think one of the easiest options for media, especially with midterms coming up, you definitely have to con cover, you know, left and right leaning issues. There are other conservative political organizations, constitutionalists, libertarian. Just start talking about them. Who are the candidates in those organizations? What are they about? Let's put them on camera, put a mic in their face. Donald Trump was the host of a game show, and he got a TV pointed at him, microphone put in his face, and was asked questions. And he was just the host of a game show at the time. And the things he had to say were stupid and racist and dumb. But yet it became news. So, you know, why not the aspiring libertarian person on the conservative side, even though I'm not a libertarian and that's not really what I'm about. Let's at least hear, let, let's give the conservative folks some other options besides just the Republicans. Because I get it, they don't like the Democrats. They're all whatever, you know. The, the Democrats are not a monolith, so your stereotypes of the Democrats are flabby and weak, okay? Because it's just democracy. We're the most diverse country in the history of human civilization. And we're presented two options. One of the options, the Republican Party in its current form, is pretty bad. Donald Trump is its sort of patriarch right now. Donald Trump former game show host guy, six-time bankruptor of companies, famous for cheating on his wives, saying racist and sexist shit, had a cameo in Home Alone 2, frequent guest of the Howard Stern show, and then, yeah, became the host of a game show. That's one option, Republican Party. Their primary concern is cutting taxes for the wealthy and corporations, and then deny funding to infrastructure, health care, education. So that's one option, and then we're presented the other one as the Democratic Party. Okay. So that is it. I know to my Republican friends, they, whenever I'm like anti-Republican, they just assume, oh, you must be Democrat then. No, <laughs> we just presented two options, so they're kind of the default. You know, it'd be nice if there was other options that were legitimate, especially understanding that. You know, if you pick the wrong one, then the Republican could win. And then they're in modern form. They are the organization of Donald John Trump. You know, they're the organization for tax cuts for the wealthy, tax cuts for corporations. They did indeed do this in 2017. That was nearly five years ago. Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, Warren Buffett, they have more billions in net worth now. Many corporations are bigger and even more profitable and have more money to pay to their owners, their shareholders. Bigger bonuses to pay to their execs. Some of those corporations, after they got a tax cut, laid employees off. One of them, one of those corporations laid off 10,000 people. Yeah. So, yeah, 
you know, that's kind of what it is. I know people just, it's always just so frustrating because they, they, they accept the binary argument and they, they're never able to kind of get outside of that box. You know, you're a liberal, you know, whatever the fuck that means, I, I have no idea, you know. <laughs> I went through confirmation when I was 10, the Methodist Church, I'm Christian, I'm probably a weird Christian to most people with Christian friends because I cuss a lot and I've lived a fairly rambunctious life and am no saint by any stretch of the imagination, but uh... <clears throat> You know, we all follow our path in our own way. I'm also a Sigma Nu. Principles of Sigma Nu are love, truth, and honor. You know, those are, yeah, I mean, those are two affiliations. I'm proud to be, like, affiliated with. Sigma Nu is more of an organization. I don't view my being a Christian as being any, like, a, necessarily religious anymore because I don't really go to church I, I of course have the same Bible I went got when I went through confirmation it is not very weathered I would say because you know I just consult it when I need it you know it went through confirmation so I certainly have read the Bible you know a few times in certain sections many times so you know familiar enough with it it's there when you need it uh, some people like to have more of a weekly, and there's the, you know, community and all that kind of stuff, but uh, some of the, you know, when people claiming to be Christian can somehow morally justify voting for Donald John Trump, uh, you know, um, it certainly for me uh, made me, I don't know, uh, understand my choice as, a, as kind of fairly young the, when I started drifting away from the church because there was something about there was like this Republican Christian church kind of metal, yeah intermixing to a point where people started believing that they had to vote for the one with an R next to their name like in in a most literal sense like, you must vote for people with R's next to their name. Otherwise, you're being a bad Christian. I've heard it from people's mouths. Literally. You know, you know, devout Christians. You know, the exact phrase. You know, if you're going to be a good Christian, you got to vote Republican. Something to that effect. I, <laughs> I remember my buddy almost having to calm me down because I was getting, I started getting pretty riled up hearing that. It's just like... The, there's a reason I played rugby for a while. Helped uh, blow off steam. <laughs> um, yeah, th there's something kind of constricting and, you know, I don't know, about uh, when the religious leaders start getting involved in politics and then uh, start swaying people to vote Republican. There's something off about it, because the modern-day Republican Party... Yeah. They're, they leave a lot to be desired. You know, they, they have a few decent people. And 
really the only real decent one I I like so far. Adam Kinzinger is, you know, because he's been honest about the Trump situation, you know, but he's being censored along with Liz Cheney because they are on the January 6th committee that's investigating what happened on January 6th, 2020, when a large group of Donald Trump supporters, at his encouragement, marched down to the U.S. Capitol and then invaded the Capitol, assaulted police officers, people died. It was all televised on the news and aired live. It was an embarrassment to our country. It was bad enough that Donald Trump became president. It was bad enough when he, you know, was even put on the ticket that was allowed to be ha to happen. You know, the word experience next to that word, none, none, because he had none. He had no relevant experience prior to the job. Yet we all just allowed it to happen. That's the sort of power the Republican Party had. And the willingness and what they're willing to have happen to get their primary objectives. You know, Donald Trump encouraged his supporters to invade the Capitol. And they did. The Republican Party, a year later, after lots and lots of information continues to come out, about Donald Trump's willingness to pursue such things, his willingness to commit fraud in the election, you know, to seize voting machines and the like, and quite a bit of other things. All that information comes out, and the Republican Party's platform is they're going to censure the two people involved in the January 6th committee that are helping this information get out. What is the Republican Party about? How did they represent the interest of the people of the United States of America? Do they even give a fuck? You know, their primary concerns are, re are preserving the Republic as defined by them, wealthy white men. Yeah. Do you want this country to be defined purely and solely by wealthy white men? If no, stop voting Republican. Okay, wealthy white men have a very narrow vision of what a good life is, and they they seem to care not of what the day-to-day -day life is going to be like for the millions of us working-class folk. Yeah, the things that they're primarily concerned with are things that affect the day-to-day -day lives of, well, wealthy white men. Yeah, that, those are the kind of things they're thinking about. So when you vote for the Republican Party, then you're going to get laws passed that affect in a positive way wealthy white men and may have a negative effect on, well, everyone else. Yeah. Another, in order to get that, though, they, they do have to promise you all kinds of stuff. Uh, and the reality is... This has come to be known among the masses more and more, but we still continue to be presented only two options. You know, I'm not a huge fan of the Democrats. Kind of just, again, many times vote out of default. I know I can't vote Republican. There isn't really a conservative option for me. It'd be nice if there was. I'm not for overtaxation, but I have no problems whatsoever with paying taxes. Kind of holding off paying filing my current tax bill because first run through after I already paid over two grand in taxes last year 
the IRS form said I was still going to owe 160 more dollars. No, I don't. Something must be off there. <laughs> uh, I'm not paying more in taxes than Donald Trump did. That 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 seems unfair. Something's off there. <laughs> Can I speak to your manager, please? Um, yes, I, I was expecting a refund, and it says here I owe 160 more dollars. There must be something off. No, no. I paid just under three thousand dollars over the year already in 2021. I was expecting like at least I don't know several hundred to a grand back, but uh, we'll see. But even even if I get a grand back, that would still be more. I would have paid net taxes of a, you know about two grand or so. That would still be more than what Donald Trump paid his first year as president. He paid uh, seven hundred eighty dollars in taxes. Several years he paid nothing. I think I might have paid more in taxes. Well, actually, we yeah, certainly my first year out of college, even getting a huge portion of my taxes paid back in re a refund. Yeah, because he didn't pay anything in taxes for many years. To me, it's 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 basic. Why not base embrace foundational type stuff and stop bracing negativity? You know, and news. Media has every right to present other options. They don't have to just present Republican, you know, generic candidate running for office and have them on the national air. They don't have to give them the spotlight. Not putting a politician on TV is not, uh, you know, rejecting their freedom of speech. They can talk wherever they want. You know, the news has no obligation to put a particular person on their channel, you know. They can certainly talk about another aspiring candidate, you know, and give them the platform. Why not? You know, why not start presenting other conservative options? But for me, it's more, let's invest in the basics. You know, let's, so first off, get rid of the tax cuts for the wealthy and corporations that were put in 2017. Eliminate those and then start cranking them up. Marginal taxes. Any, any income in an individual year earned over, the proposed amount is $10 million, if it needs to be a bit higher, whatever. Any amount earned over $10 million, taxed at a very high percentage, 70%, meaning you still keep a net after tax 30% of the monies earned over $10 million. If you want your net income after tax to be $50 million, it's just called algebra. Figure it out, Okay. Yep. Yeah, so you can know what the company paying you has to pay you in gross earnings so that your net income is $50 million. It's just called algebra. It, it, it won't be too complicated. Your agent will figure it out for you, okay? But anyway, that money generated would help pay for hospitals and schools and uh, stuff like that and uh, much-needed infrastructure investment. There would still be wealthy... It would not be socialism because socialism is where every single thing is publicly funded and everyone earns the same amount of money. That's not what a marginal tax is. Obviously, a very exclusive tax on a person earning over $10 million in a year it is by definition not socialism because it's in a very extreme level of income that a tiny, tiny percentage of people ever achieve. So it's just a sort of way to curve 
extreme overindulgence, okay, to make sure that the necessities, the foundational type stuff of a society are being invested in. Hospitals, schools, infrastructure. Infrastructure is roads and bridges. When bridges and roads are not maintained, they can collapse and have problems. People can die. That should be avoided. Yes. Yeah. Even if it means that the wealthiest people are not as wealthy. Yeah. The reality is that is that is the, the cause and effect. You tax the wealthy at a higher rate for income at a you know above a certain amount that goes to pay for foundational type stuff you still have other basic types of taxes and stuff to help generate the needed revenues and operating costs you need to properly invest in the foundational type stuff but the wealthy people paying that wealthy tax would, would obviously still be wealthy after they pay said tax they would still be able to afford a very lofty position their egos would be affected. Yeah. Their ego would be affected. Their net worth would not be as much as they would want it to be. And that would make them sad. Yeah. Some of them to the point of like really trying to scare other people who are not wealthy into thinking that the entire society would collapse if the wealthy would not be allowed to be as wealthy as they want to be. It's a strange argument, but many of them buy into it and make sure that there's laws to help preserve the wealthy, to make it easier to stay wealthy instead of, you know, just... Because the reality is even if they have to pay a marginal tax and their net income is 7 or $8 million in a year, they invest in a very basic fixed annuity. They could pay themselves several hundred thousand dollars a year in virtually tax-free income in perpetuity forever, and that income would be three, four times as much as they, what the average person makes in a year working 40 to 50 hours a week, and they have to do nothing. So, boop, just like that, if that's the only one year that they pay the marginal tax and the only year they ever work, they could secure a upper-middle-class very comfortable living in perpetuity and they never have to work another day in their life and that's after tax income in one year so those specific types of people do not need a tax cut ever they don't ever need a tax cut and we certainly don't need an organization primarily focused on giving those specific types of people a tax cut you know because those people do exist the people there's the marginal taxes being proposed for a reason because it is needed. There are people earning exorbitant amounts of money, earning, quote-unquote, being given, being paid, you know, or receiving money in exorbitant amounts that, it, that exceeds $10 million in a year. Yeah, and it comes from somewhere. It, it's money being churned up. Who's doing all the churning? <laughs> Who's doing all the grinding? You know? behind-the-scenes stuff all the inner workings that's making that big production go you know you go to a you know like watch a movie on the watch a movie it's not just the actors on the screen there's there's lots of people 
you know, involved in that, just like when you see the cast. And that's just to make a movie, you know. But it's similar for just about anything, you know. That's where there's high, super high-paid people being involved, you know, like a NFL game or a baseball game, you know, all the people in the stands, all the workers in the stands, all the stadium workers, parking attendees, there's... But a lot of those people that are getting paid, you know, whatever, you know, they're putting in lots of time and, and it's not like it's, you know, there, there's costs accrued a lot of times for doing these jobs that we don't really, you know, really going to make ends meet. The oper the those entities that are a lot able to pay what they're able to pay their high value employees, it can certainly easily pay, you know, all the employees a decent wage, high value employees would get paid more, but in many cases they're still just pay certain employees minimum wage, even though they're still kind of in some way in part of the thing, but it's just something we just sort of allow, you know, people that are at the tippy, 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 tippy top should be the main ones that benefit from all the work being done, this huge massive machine and all the inner workings going on you know there's a lot that goes on to putting an nba basketball game on tv you know like it's not just the two teams on the field and the and just we're just getting all those people in the stands all those people in the stands they got there somehow how did they get there how did they afford a ticket there's a lot going on there there's a lot a lot a lot of inner workings to just you know and then there's you know the the TV production crew, all that stuff. There's the kind of obvious stuff, but for me, also, it's all those people. All those people being able to get to that game. There's things going on there that allows that to happen. There's a lot of, lot of inner workings, and it's people. It's tons and tons of people all participating in this thing and being allowed to participate in some way. But sometimes it gets harder and harder, like... I mean, I would take a, a courtside NBA game over 50 games in nosebleed seats any day. I got to sit courtside once. It was like two rows behind the visitor's bench at a Blazers game. The Denver Nuggets were in town. They were not very good at the time, but Dale Ellis was on their team. I think he got like 40 or 50 on a team that was just sucked. So they just, you know, he, he just had to do all he could. But... I remember there's a fan like trying to throw popcorn or something, trying to fuck with Dale Ellis. And he used to play for the Sonics, so I, was, I was, thought he was a good player and stuff. And he was, was like, I didn't like that stuff. I didn't like people mess with the, try to mess with the players and stuff. I just think that's goofy. But uh, seeing a game courtside is, there's nothing like it. I mean,. But that's just an experience that the average NBA fan is just probably never going to get to have. You can go to a game, but to actually experience it courtside, truly that close up, and actually get to see, you know, how, how big those players are, and but the way they move, you know, they don't move like the, the gangly tall person when you're a kid that's just tall, but they kind of move funny. They move fluidly, but they're giants. It was uh, like when I... That blazer, because uh, Arvidas Sabonis was on the team back then too. When they, it was like the, that was a good era. They had a good squad. They just couldn't quite get over the hump. Arvidas Sabonis is a massive, massive dude. I think he's seven foot one. 
Seeing those, seeing an NBA game live in person, close up, is uh, highly recommended. If you can ever find a way to do that, my uncle uh, was able to hook that up once. I forget how, some connection of some kind type thing. Some wealthy person had courtside tickets type thing. But it's that kind of thing. There's a lot of experiences that are just almost never available. There's certain things that just can't happen. And there's a lot of things that it's almost like a lot of production is made, a lot of effort is made to make sure that certain people can always do what they want, no matter what, any time, any place, can maintain a certain position easier and easier, even if it means the people churning and burning day in, day out, and not getting a whole lot for it. We're going to have to churn and burn even harder. The masses, the people. You know, healthcare ain't going to be all right. We're not going to have hospitals. Education ain't going to be all right. If you want to go get a bachelor's degree because you've been able to be accepted, but you're not quite good enough to get a scholarship, you, you can still just go, you know, and graduate with no debt. We're, we're not going to do that because we don't want the people making the most money to have to pay more in taxes. We can't do that. that. That would cause our society to collapse if the wealthiest weren't quite as wealthy as they are now. Their egos would take such a hit that they'd be willing to try and cause damage to the society in some way. Mostly probably through messaging. I mean, that's mainly what they're going to do. You know, they're going to send out their loyal foot soldiers to really try to, you know, scare you. And they're thinking all kinds of stuff. If the people making over $10 million in a year had to pay a higher percentage in tax, like, oh my God, how are we ever going to survive as a society? But it somehow works. There's millions of people that don't even make six digits that somehow get, like, real passionately against marginal taxes. It's like, it's fascinating, you know? Same with wealth tax, you know, some sort of tax that's a tax on a total wealth over, and maybe in that case is a really massive amount, like a billion. Once you get over a billion, that's kind of like, right, try, try, start figuring out some way to divest your personal ownership stake in the economy, because it's, it's gotten a little too big. You, you got to, you know, you got to let go just a little bit. Yeah, figure it out. And if you can't, you'll just be t taxed on anything above a billion at a, at a pretty high amount. So that's going to encourage you to not get too ridiculous. Because once you're already at a billion, oh my God, you, you actually did it. Wow, you became a billionaire. To me, that's like a dubious honor. I would have far more respect for someone that can get up to like a net worth of, say, three, four, five hundred million as a very young person, it's probably like where LeBron James is, and then kind of stay there. But it's going to be almost difficult for him to not become a billionaire um, because, you know, he would have to, yeah, I mean, he would have to be very proactive at, like, you know, investing money in very particular non-profit type things and very 
you know, he would have to be very deliberate with divesting because, yeah, he, he, the money's just going to be pouring in for him. You know, he, he'll become a billionaire by default based off of just what his net worth is right now and how young he is, you know, like he will be a billionaire. So not becoming one is that's that's that kind of sweet spot. I think if you can you have that massive wealth and then you do various things to where when you die, it's appropriately invested in the right things. Take care of your family and all that. Of course, it shouldn't take a ton of money. And I'm sure with bright people like him, his kids will probably just fine, even without some sort of massive inheritance. You know, he seems like that type of person, you know. So, you know, wealth taxes still encourage people to aspire and all that sort of thing, you know. Um, yeah, they, they don't make everyone make the same amount of money. But then we do have hospitals that are funded and schools that are funded. And that's what universal health care is. Don't overcomplicate it. What about my health insurance plan? Yo, man. So, you know, if you, uh, you say, like, you got Blue Cross Blue Shield or Kaiser Permanente, and you're giving them a couple hundred bucks a month, and over the next couple years, we pass universal health care, so now health care is a right. So we have hospitals that take care of people when they are sick. In the, in the purest, most basic sense, you know, so you, uh, I need care, and you go to that place, they take care of you, and then you go. No, yeah, so no money is exchanged or anything. Okay. Now, at the time, you have this policy with Blue Cross Blue Shield. Now, are they going to keep sending you a bill? Well, yeah, until you cancel it. So that, it's up to you if you want to you want to keep paying them money? I'm sure they'd be very thankful if you keep paying your premium. They'd, I think they'd find that delightful. So yeah, if you want to keep your health insurance, go ahead. They would think that it would be awesome. Now, if they have any sort of, you know, foresight, they will probably start a combination of lowering your premium and uh, offering you something. Uh, because as soon as healthcare becomes a right, you know, i.e., we have hospitals with highly trained medical staff that take care of people when they are sick. And they're appropriately funded and appropriately located to take care of people. Pretty basic stuff, really. Yeah. So when you have that, and, and then you're still paying the money to that health insurance company, hopefully they realize that that thing that they, you are paying for is now virtually useless. You know, virtually, it has virtually no value. Um, because it, you, you're never going to need, they're never going to need to pay a claim. You know, so what they might offer instead is something more like disability income insurance, which is a little bit different, you know income while you're not working. Now, even if we had a universal stipend, basic stipend, freedom dividend, it wouldn't be very much. It would just be a basic stipend, a little bit of a smidge of a cushion when, well, as we all know in the working class, there's sometimes just a few extra hundred bucks here and there. It goes a long way. Things get a little tight, and you just know you got a couple hundred bucks coming your way. 
It's like, ah, okay. It kind of eases just a bit of stress. Uh, but it's a stress that obviously most people born into ultra-affluence just have no idea. They, you know, they, they don't really know what that means to be so broke that, you know, you, you're literally scrounging up coins and stuff, you know. They, they don't know what that's like. Just cash out your 401k. That was the advice of Robert Wilbur, I think it was, Ross. Trump uh, financial advisor guy or whatever the heck, economic advisor. Just a billionaire, old billionaire, aloof guy who was born into wealth and has a lot of money. So he his advice to people once was take out money from your 401k if you're struggling to make payments because there's a disease killing people right now and you can't work. Thanks for the advice, Wilbur. Woo! <sighs> Crazy time, man. But I think, uh, I think it's, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of predicting a crash and burn in into the Republican Party here if they don't get their shit together. Um, even if uh, the news just doesn't cover or just keeps covering just the two, I don't see a ton of people voting Republican. And I don't see how they can really etch out a victory by just getting the red states here and there and but you know they're still going to stay relevant if they continue to be covered as the only other option besides democrats but hopefully more get covered and hopefully more people who registered to vote just vote and and don't vote republican because you know, what they're offering is nothing again february 2022 Republican Party's candidates are, their platform is, vote for me because Donald Trump won the election in 2020. Vote for me because the Democrats are stealing your guns. Vote for me because the Democrats are socialists. Vote for me because I'm pro-life and I'm going to make abortion illegal. That's, their, that's it. That is their message. That's how they're going to run the government. So what does that mean? Well, they're pro-Trump, so they're going to run the government in Trump, as you know, Trump's government. They're they're pro-Trump government. Yeah, a government for Trump, by Trump, for Trump. You know, Trump organization and the Trump government are one and the same. The Republican Party is yay for that. They they said yes. They want more of that. So and they're boldly declaring it as such in February of 2022. So, don't vote for that. We, we can do better than a, you know, a D-list celebrity who became a host of a game show. We can do better. We can. We really can. So stay safe out there. Make sure you're vaccinated if you're not already. Please, for God's sake, get vaccinated. Just get, do what you gotta do. Make sure you're registered to vote. God bless. This is Gary, thinking out loud.